0: what in the world is good at everybody? Thank you all for tuning in. We're man to man. We talk about the modern day dating worlds, typical couch conversations, and a little bit of basketball. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott.
1: Alongside your co-host, Liam, the Hoop Star Nash.
0: Hoop Star. Glad to have you back, my brother. I always appreciate you when you appreciate me. My guy, if you are a reality TV fanatic or specifically Big Brother fan, We got a super cool uh, interview lined up for you guys, so stay tuned with us. We're going to bring him on, Mr. Jackson Mickey. All righty, once again, you're listening to Man to Man on Dash Radio. We got a good friend joining the show today. He'd take my girlfriend if I even came close to having one. He's close acquaintances with Snoop Dogg, and he is the winner of Big Brother Season (laughs) 21. (laughs) Please welcome our guy, Jackson Mickey, to the show. Mickey, what's good? Long time no see.
2: Long time no see. Thank you for the introduction. Um twas the kid, Andy, hey <laughs> man, dude. I appreciate you. Good to see you, Liam. Um yeah. it's 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 good to be in some some company, some Tennessee Boys again. It's been a while. I was going to say,
1: I was going to say, I'm glad that I can actually call him twas this episode because we got uh, somebody else that knows him by twas.
0: I was right. I, was I, say, know, I love dude. that. I never heard for you guys listening that don't really know me. I've never heard my real name in college. Even the girls do. That's why I was in friends though. I couldn't get a girlfriend in College People call Mother me twas. I'm like, Fuck, dude. Okay. but you guys call me twas. I'm still twas. I got lips on my pelvis. All right, we're going to we're going to break it down to you. Obviously, we're excited to have you on and catch up uh, a little bit with, you know, what's going on in your life and everything else. But obviously, big brother, right? You're known for that. You are the winner of it for our non, I guess, reality TV, big brother watchers out there. Do you mind just describing it kind of what it is?
2: Yeah, real quick, uh, rundown. This is a show, 16 people. You got eight men, eight women, uh, that haven't met each other. Sometimes they have, they throw twists and turns in there, uh, and they move them into a house. Um, and essentially the concept is like, uh, the old 1984 novel, Big Brother's Always Watching. Um, and these eight men and women are under 24 hour surveillance, uh, audio and video, zero hiding space, toilets, showers, bedrooms, bathrooms sinks kitchens everything in between you're under surveillance and not only is it on cable uh three nights a week it's um it's also fed to the internet um unedited unfiltered uh live for the internet to watch courtesy of cbs all access so
3: (laughs) so that's
0: what we've learned to learn to it be as well and it's a super reality show reality tv show um i guess what was the casting process like? I think that's the biggest question that we had about people going on reality TV shows because no one really yeah. talks about it.
2: So different from other shows, I guess, Big Brother is actually a competition show, um, and it's a very heavily followed, almost uh, some would say like a, a cult base of following because like you get very invested with every episode and very invested with each person on the show. Um, and so the Big Brother fans are extreme, extreme Big Brother fans. Um, the casting process, you, there's a lot that goes into it. But the biggest thing that I could say as a whole is just be yourself. Um, Big Brother fans often two times, they, they they try to be a character or a person from a season before. Or they try and do or think they want to do what the, the creators and the producers want them to be. When in reality, producers want real. They want you to be yourself. And they want to know what they're going to get when it hits the fan on TV, because it doesn't take long in that house before it gets real. You walk into that house, nothing's scripted, nothing's edited. Nothing is, is made for TV. It's 16 people truly living their life under a microscope competing for half a million dollars. Right. Um, so the casting process, like what's your best chance of getting on be yourself, be comfortable, be relaxed, be you. And I guarantee because there's so few people that can do that, you will stand out.
0: And why a Big Brother? Is there uh I don't know, there are many reality T V shows out you Hanson, handsome. Yeah. see you on yeah, The yeah, Bachelorette yeah. or something, dude? Big brother. You know,
2: yeah. it's crazy you actually mentioned that. That's a different story. Uh, I I never really wanted to be on reality T V at all. Um whether it be The Bachelor, Bachelorette or, or like uh anything other than Amazing Race and Big Brother. Um those are the two shows that like, no matter what was going on in life, I could always my mom and I Regardless of what was ever going on with her and I could hit pause and and in life and just watch the show for a little bit on the summer. You know, uh um, Big Brother was it. It was just a good kind of quality reality TV show that you could kind of get behind and kind of senseless, but it was competition based. It wasn't a bunch of drama, it wasn't like in terms of relationship and a bunch of uh scandals that I thought going into it. Little did I know uh what was gonna happen, but it's uh it's a show that pretty much like uh it for me seemed the most to align with something I would do. It was the only one that I would ever really consider. Um I just wanted to compete, to be honest. And so I was out here in LA looking for jobs, uh trying to apply for jobs. And I took a lunch break, went on Instagram and there was this ad for uh a Big Brother casting call, so I went. Uh I was the last one in line. It wasn't like a pre planned thing. I wasn't out here trying to be on Big Brother, man. It literally just I just so happened. And it happened to be the only show I consider doing. So that's why I was like, all right, whatever, I'll go over there. Um, and so I showed up in jeans, boots, and a t-shirt, man, like in L.A. And <laughs> the I say, style. be yourself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was also hiding a lot of things, too, from the producers, too. So, But that's something I was good at, a whole different world. But I went there, and I was just in jeans, boots, and I was like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing, uh, but I like the show. I've watched it growing up. If you want me to be on, I'd love to be on. I give you a chance kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I got a call back the next day. Then over the course of the next few months, uh, March, April, May, they will never tell you yes. Um, but you get brought out to LA again, or in my case, I just went a few, you know, roads over, uh, to the hotel, stayed there, sequestered, uh, for a week. And that's where you go through a much more significant interview process with all the producers. That's when I actually went on to, uh, CBS studio a lot and like got to see some of these different sets. Um, and it was nerve wracking, but like the last one I walked in, I was in front of like 30 different producers. Wow. Um, and that was in, uh, March. So for me, my round of finals was in March, but then they do another round in April and then another round in May. So from March until June, I didn't really hear much of anything. And I'm sitting here trying to plan my life accordingly. They're never going to tell you. Yes. You don't know whether to quit your job, whether to start moving up in your job. (laughs) You don't know what to do. I just moved out here. I'm trying to make rent. Like I try to survive. Um, and then they were like, yeah, we need you to come back out to Nashville to film a few things. That was CMA Fest weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was that following Monday, uh, June night and we had to film my intro, stuff like that, Houston, uh, in Amos. I was actually at Hunter Amoson's, uh, backyard. <laughs> um, but I was filming my intro in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, we got my key revealed and then, uh, they flew me back out to LA where I was sequestered for a week. And then June 17th over, the, over that was June 13th was my birthday. So I had my birthday that Tuesday. Happy birthday to me! I got cast on Big Brother.
3: Yeah, I was gonna uh, say that's hotel. a nice birthday.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then June seventeenth uh, was moving day. So that's kind of the casting process for for Big Brother. Wow.
1: So, so you mentioned kind of your transition to LA. Um, yeah. I know you've been open talking about it a little bit, but why did you move out to LA in the first place? Because Nashville. Yeah is a place kind of where it. a lot of kids grow up and they kind of don't yeah. really leave. Like I moved out for college and now I'm going to probably move back. So mm-hmm. what was, what was that behind you moving to LA in the first place from Nashville?
2: I grew up, um, in the greater Nashville area, um, not in Franklin, um, but South of Nashville, um, in Antioch for 15, 16 years then moved to Franklin. Um, and then, once i really got into like that franklin area and then into college um i just started doing things and and living a life that like it wasn't healthy for me um and by the time i was 23 and i'd skipped my college graduation to go to miami um i was at a place in life where i didn't think i was going to live to see 25 and like i was living in nashville surrounding myself with things that were gonna like make me ultimately spiral into like a pit that I couldn't get out of or might not wake up from and like that's a harsh reality that I I had to face um through some things that just happened to me in life and then it came to a point where I I wasn't ready to leave Nashville um I was supposed to take a year off from college I was gonna go to law school um I was in college prepping for pre-laws a poli major I took the LSAT um, and then I had some situations in life in college where I actually, you know, I had some things come up where I had to take a year off. I couldn't apply to law school. Um, everything in that situation got settled, you know, everything was good on that because I didn't do anything wrong. But I was also just, man, twenty three, I realized I gotta get out. So mm-hmm. I bought a one way ticket two weeks uh in advance, um, on June fifteenth. And so February first I flew out there. Um and I found a month to month apartment, I had a couple of suitcases and and my parents, both like my mom, especially was like, you aren't ready for this. Like, why are you leaving now? Uh, Like you're not you have nothing in order. I have no job. I haven't applied for right. school the next year. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing with my life. But I do know that the restaurant I was working at was a good steady flow of cash. The things I was doing and the people I was doing them with, I was almost negatively influencing myself and others around me. Uh, But I was also being so heavily negatively influenced because I was so insecure by nature, but I gave off fake confidence. You know what I mean? So it Mm -hmm. was like, it was sort of cyclical where I knew that like, not only was I hurting myself, but I had people I cared about around me that I was bringing down with me too by my actions. Right. You know? And so like I had friends that were doing shit that they also knew where they were better than. And, and I honestly feel like it was part of my fault, you know? And so I get 23. I, I just, I had to get out. Um, and it's crazy because I remember that place in my life and I was terrified and I was so not ready to leave. Um, as I'm sure maybe y'all weren't either when y'all left, but like you watch any of these clips or, you know, radio edits or these snippets from podcasts about some of these folks that are talking about, you know, you're never going to be ready in life to take a leap. You're never going to have all your ducks in a row. There's never going to be a perfect time to make these life changing decisions. If you're unhappy in life, if you want to change your life there's never going to be a perfect moment to change your life. The life you're living is not the one you want. And you drastically want to change it. Then you have to make that decision. It's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be scary. And you're going to have to leave a lot of people and a lot of things behind. And so I just had to buy I had to force myself to leave because I was never going to make that change in Nashville. Yeah.
1: My biggest question though, is some might say moving from Nashville to LA, what is the real big difference? You know, why LA? It seems like those, you know, maybe some of those same influences could have still be there in LA. Yeah. If not there, more. There
2: definitely are, if not more so. I was, so I was honestly, I was looking for a city. Um, and I had a buddy of mine, uh, who's a personal trainer out here. He went to, uh, Ravenwood. Um, and he was, he made that leap younger than I did mm-hmm. for a healthy reason. He's just ballsy and fucking manned up and was like, yo, I'm leaving. I'm out. Me, I was nuts, tucked back in the corner. I was scared. I was like, hey, yo. But this dude, yo, he this dude, he packed up his stuff. He left high school. He's like, I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm going to be the best one in the world. And, and like, he's out here crushing it right now. And I remember sitting there in college, and I was doing my shit in the room in a fraternity house. And I was looking at them, who weren't, who were just in town from from LA. Um, And I remember looking at them, and I was like, Yo, I admire y'all. I'll never forget this conversation. And they know who they are, and they'll remember this one, too. So I was sitting there chopping up my lines, doing my shit. And I was like, I expect the hell of y'all for, for leaving and chasing your dreams and taking that leap because I wish I could. And then one day I just did. And the reason why I picked LA was one, because he was out there. And he had kind of sort of over the, over the course of the next few months after college had kind of said things and like encouraged me and i went out to visit in la and i went to gold's venice and worked out a couple times i was like yo this is dope this is it this is a cool city so i kind of got influenced by him a little bit um and there's also this girl that i was kind of talking to but in all honesty
0: there it goes there it comes out
2: well that was who i originally went out there to visit but the thing that really attracted me was gold's venice and he Mm -hmm. could even attest to that like gold's venice is what sold me on la Uh, that was my original thing was that fitness thing, that gym thing that I grew up watching Rich Piana and and Jay Cutler and, 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 you know, Michael O'Hearn who who blocked me on Instagram and, and like all these different people work out at Gold's Venice, you know? And so I went out and visited the student and, and, um, actually visited her, but then went to work out with him. I like kind of was like, yo, I got to leave because I really wanted to see Gold's Venice. And, uh, and, and he kind of influenced me in that direction. And she just let me stay with her over those few nights. And I was able to find like a place where I could live month to month. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Went back home and I was like, screw it. I got to go. This was like December, January. I bought my ticket and I just picked LA. I was like, all right, this is it. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have a job. I saved up those last two weeks serving. Um, you know, do whatever I could to make those last few bucks and, and just left. And it was raining. So will never forget, man, I, I landed in LA. It was raining sideways. It's like one of the worst rainstorms, like 10 years and, um, talking about influences one of the first things i remember thinking was like what the hell am i doing <laughs> and, and i was just like and then the second thing was like where 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 do i find some blow in the city yeah seriously with that little bit of money that was where my headspace was at and so like when i left nashville it was not in a healthy headspace mm-hmm. When i left nashville i was running with demons i was running from demons with them and I was gonna, they yeah yeah so go ahead no go ahead i no, was just going to.
0: I was just gonna say, Mick, knowing you're a mother's boy as well, um, I I just moved to Chicago, dude. Our flight, you know what I'm saying? So I uh, it was I definitely like understand what you're talking about, and it's hard, but knowing that you had
2: somebody out there makes it a little bit easier. Um, right. Well, that's what I I thought, and I'm not gonna get into it, but I ended up it was a horribly toxic situation. Okay. Um, yeah. And what ended up being my one crutch out there, got kicked out from under me. Uh, um, horribly. And that is what really started my downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say downfall, I mean by March or April, uh, I had two LAPD officers at my door waking me up. Um, they thought I had overdose on Xanax. Um, that was, that was 60 milligrams of Adderall in the morning to wake up. I was in eight ball day. And like that was the numbers I was running unhealthily. So like I had that crutch, like that's what I, I naively left Nashville was like, oh, okay, I'm going to make it LA. I was going to screw it with all right. these fucking demons that I was just hiding and running from that I got always done. And then eventually, man, out here, 1800 miles away, when that one crutch, God kicked it away from me like I needed, I had to sort it out. And then right after that, in came big brother and uh, quite literally cold turkey bandaid ripped off rehab on right. national television.
0: I was yeah. going to say, Mick, um, that's probably the next question that we had right here was, do you think that the experience, cause we saw the live streams and you kind of opened up a, about it a little bit, but do you think that experience more so, more or less helped you out in a, in a way?
2: Man, that experience saved my life. Um, and like, honestly, I look, i sort of like a spiritual ego death, like a year ago, but like, I look back on Big Brother and like, almost look back at like a different person um, because like I watch it back and I see that look in my eyes and I see the things that I was kind of fighting and hiding. And like, I was still very, very much struggling and conflicting with ego insecurities and addiction. Right. And withdrawals being at the center of it. And so like that, that experience, those hundred days, that, that single handedly saved my life because it was the catalyst I needed to make the changes that I would make over the next two and a half years.
0: Yeah. And it sure looked like if you guys are listening out there, you can go cold turkey on Big Brother and still win the damn show.
2: Um, <laughs> Man, that was like, yeah, I'm not kidding. That, that was one of the hardest. And like I, I, especially y- y'all, because we're, I'm from a college town where if you went to UT from 2014 to 2018, you either were firsthand impacted or you knew someone you loved impacted by Xanax. Mm hmm. They ran through that college town bad in those years. I don't know what it's like now, but, like, I remember I was so anti-Xanax for so Mm -hmm. long. And then it just, it was something that, it came out of nowhere, and it almost killed me. And, like, going through rehab, going through withdrawals, now prazolam going through cold turkey, Al-Prazolam, withdrawals can kill you. And that's something that, like, uh, the reason why I say that is, like, if you or someone you know out there is struggling with addiction to Al-Prazolam, don't go cold turkey that that's something to be careful, please be safe, but like get help because it is possible to beat it. It's possible right. to get through it. And it, my thing was, I didn't willingly go cold turkey. That was the difference. Right. Mine was, I was forced. And I think that's the mental, the mind's most powerful thing in the body. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, But uh, a Praslam is one of the few things that can truly kill you. So like if y'all are struggling out there and I know we all know somebody who has, it's, it's okay to get help, but get help, you know? Right. Sorry. Just a little side note.
0: No, you're good. Mick, I think after we gotten so invested into Big Brother, we got a couple of questions for you that we can't go unnoticed. Yeah. Yet. No, no, anyway. no, no, no. And it's, it's, it's nothing like you're thinking. We just want to know a couple right. things. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably three or four questions here. First one okay. is, dude. Uh, so you get in the house, right? With 16 mm-hmm. people <laughs> this is the thing that threw me off. Oh, okay. Most. <laughs> All right. So. You, I guess, Julie hits you guys with something that's like, okay, someone has to be a camp BB director. Yeah, My question director. to you is, uh, what did that? Did you feel like what came out of that, that unprecedented like item that you would get out of that, would be safe, or did you know that you would have to put people on the block? Well,
2: so it was like she guaranteed safety. That was the thing. She was like, that's you get guaranteed safety, but you don't know what the negative is. Right. right. You don't know what the negative repercussion is going to be. You're just guaranteed to be safe that week. And my thing was like, I'm just fighting week by week. I don't give a shit about week two. Just give me through week one. I don't want to go right. home week one. I can't go home week one. So I heard guaranteed safety for the week. Ding, ding, ding. I don't care what the negatives are. Buy, sell, trade. Hello. I'm trying to get you. I need I need I need the safety because there's nothing else that will guarantee me second week in this house. I just need to get to week two and then I'll get to week three. And then I'll get, you know what I mean? I was just like, but I got to get to week one. And I was so terrified because that's how my life had gone. I was like, I'm going to be the first one out. I know.
3: So Sorry, I was going to say, that, cause I, you, I
0: felt like you put such a target on your back, but then the guaranteed safety thing. So I was like, Oh Nick, don't do it. That was the trade off. It was,
2: it was okay. such a, it was a high risk, high reward. And it ended up working out well. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I was like, that was I my I don't question. Know, you could say
0: Okay, Liam, you got something about forming alliances, dude.
1: Yeah, okay. So, obviously, I didn't really watch Big Brother before the show. But when I started to watch it, it looked like, you know, alliances played a big part in whoever wins or whoever, you know, the course of the game goes. I still don't understand what is the biggest, like, (laughs) impact of creating an alliance in the first place. Why don't you just you know, be yourself in the corner and not try to team up. Why know, is alliances? Well, here's
2: the thing is that like, it's like coyotes. You got to power in numbers because like, you can't have HOH two weeks in a row, right. you know? And like, unless you're going to be winging, winning back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Like mm-hmm. And then the one, the one comp you don't, whether it's veto or HOH, you're done. So, and then you have no friends, like you isolate yourself. Like you got to, It's it's such a social game because you have to rock with numbers. You know what I mean? You have to. It's it's one verse 15. Everyone's duking it out for themselves. But like you can't make it past eight, seven, six, mm-hmm. five, four without at least someone else there with you. You got to have somebody there who's got your back because they got everyone every week you vote. You know what I mean? And all it takes is one week for you to end up on the block and have nobody there in your corner. Yeah, like, see ya. I'm out.
3: Yeah.
1: So, that's, you so did you yeah. know when you went into it, did you know right away Cause you did a, you did a kind of smooth little move, create an alliance right off the bat. Was that kind of the, the goal of like, we got to do it right off the bat? And we, you have
2: to, you got to initiate it like right when you walk in the house. And that's the thing about other seasons in the past is like, if you wait too long, it's like, it's like crypto, Mm -hmm. you know, you wait too long at that bitcoin, you hear the bitcoin, you're going (laughs) to, you're going to miss the boat. Like Dogecoin is too late to buy in. If you didn't buy in my Doge now, you feel like it's like, if you wait until week one or two is over, to have an alliance man you're you're it's toast like you people have already gotten their groups they've already got their place time moves fast in a house because there's no distraction like right. it, it an hour in there is equivalent or a day in there is like a week in real life you know what i mean because you're literally no music no tv no windows no radio no nothing you just got 16 people in a house so. You guys, you guys are
0: playing, uh, chess, not checkers. That's the first time I ever heard <laughs> don't that. Don't even, man. Don't even hit
2: me with that. You know, I actually, so uh, this, this ac- iconic art, he gave me, uh, a couple art pieces. One of them, and I, it, it makes me cringe so much. There
3: you go. But just not, checkers, not checkers, checkers, dude. It's
2: good. That's and cool. I have it up as just like a. I don't like that saying anymore. Just because of when I said it and what I was thinking. But like, I don't like that, but I have it as a reminder of like, Kind of where I, where I came from you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i see it and i'm just like life is a game of chess not checkers as much as i hate that saying it's very freaking true no, you know what i mean sure. but like every time i hear it i'm like
0: i it was so funny dude <laughs> so all right we'll uh we'll kind of move forward and not break everything down yeah, big, yeah, yeah. i think the other question the other two questions uh we got from one of our buddies that wanted to ask you are the surveillance cameras always on i'm guessing mm-hmm. so right yeah yeah, hours, yeah they're there's... always
2: on uh, there's one in the toilet actually that gets fed to the producers and there's always someone watching you every second. Someone is, well, whether it's fed to the internet or not or the live streams are on, the cameras are always rolling.
0: And you got a girlfriend so, in there as well. You had a couple I, girlfriends in
2: there. Uh, but- oh, man. I,
0: that,
2: <laughs> that was a, well, it was a long summer.
0: A lot of, a lot of cameras. And then I think Mick, like the biggest thing that I also wanted to ask you was the, obviously you, I think you put mm-hmm. a target on your back, but then throughout the rest of the game, you were on the nomination block a couple different times with yeah. Jack, right? You won a ton yeah, of vetoes. And then I think the, uh, the turning point for you, I really do believe if you hadn't heard Tommy over here, Tommy, then you wouldn't have won the game. I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about that, but I think that was legit the best movie in Big Brother history.
2: Yo, that's a huge compliment. Um, because that was something that like, I was shaking in my boots doing it. I was yeah. scared. I was in the hallway. I was sitting there eavesdropping on the door. I was like, man, is he really sitting here just saying all this?
0: Yeah. And so and that, I
2: remember I went yeah. down and I was talking to Cliff and Nicole and they were kind of skeptical. They didn't necessarily believe me, but I was like, I don't care if they believe me. I just need them to doubt Tommy enough to where they will second guess keeping them. You know, like it's like what I compared it to was pre-law in my class with pre-law talking about like the OJ Simpson case, like not as, it was like literally just as much as you're trying to, I'm not trying to prove that Tommy's doing this. I'm just trying to prove that you shouldn't evict Holly. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to say that Tommy is doing the sounds of shit, just enough doubt his way to a victim you know what i mean
0: i just think that you were at the right place at the right time and another dumb move that they didn't make was to vote holly off because if that were to be the case then i also don't think you would have won and then once one yeah once it gets to like final three dude what i'm thinking everybody else is thinking you got that shit in the bag now you just had to get through that four and are you thinking the same thing you and like
2: you know i was that's what's where like So I was really hoping the jury was going to favor my competition record because I knew socially I screwed up. I was not necessarily in the best of hands. So I was really hoping that that was my only chance. I knew that if the jury was going to go off competition, I was good. If they went off a resume, I was good. If they went off a motion, I was screwed. And so that was where I was like, as long as I could get through four I have a strong shot, but anything can happen. Holly and Nicole both deserve to be up there. And like they both deserve to be in the final three. They both deserve to be in the final two. They both deserved a shot to win. And I was just hoping that the jury would look more towards competitions than they would more towards social game. Because right. that's where Nicole and Holly both would have blown me out the water. Their social games were phenomenal. Right. Mine was not so great. So I was like, as long as I can get through and the jury goes competition ways, then I'm good. Right. But as long as I can get through and then if they go social game, I might have some difficulty, but I was like, man, final three should be okay.
1: And so then I got, I got go one question man. here before. So obviously there's people in the house that you don't like, and it's clear to see that you don't like those. How many of those people afterwards that you actually are friends with or like, got so a relationship with my season,
2: with my season in particular, there was, um, uh, there were some folks that really did take things very personally, but that, that were very offended by things and, and, um, have since sort of like cut off communication with other people on our cast. Um, uh, some myself included. Um, so there are some folks that leaving the show have, um, been unable to, I guess, move past things or let things go or been able to communicate. So like there's some people that take it very personally, uh, more so than a game level. Um, for me, it's like, you know, I, I love or have learned something from everybody on that show. And in turn, I'm grateful for the relationship that I've had with them, Um, whether or not we're best friends outside of the show is neither here nor there, but like, you know, there, there's, there's, there's probably a few that are, I would say are really good friends of mine. And then everyone else, I'm just very grateful to have been part of that experience with.
0: Yeah. Mick, speaking of, I mean, people taking things, people taking things personally, once jury hits, I think that was something that I learned as well I was like, okay, he wins the game or if he wins, if he comes in last, no, it's like the mm-hmm. jury. And then I feel like maybe if it were someone else besides Holly up there that had sort of the same game, uh, alpha dog to him, mm-hmm. it would have been maybe a little bit harder, but still at the same time, I feel Man, like if
2: I was up there with Quit, if I was up there with Nicole, if I was yeah. up there with, uh, with Tommy, if I was up there with, with Nick, if I was up there with Christy, If I was up there with any of those folks that I just listed, I have a strong feeling I would have lost.
3: Truly. Because if I would have
2: been up there and the jury would have remained the same other people with Holly in there and it was anyone else I just listed, I would have lost. A thousand percent I would have lost.
0: Right. And I think it was an incredible win. But like after that, dude, I think it might have been like the saddest response I've ever seen someone winning the game. So take us through Man. that moment of you just kind of like, I, I don't know what was going through your head. I'm just kind of curious. A lot.
2: A lot was going through my head. Um, I uh, I walked out of there. And the only thing that was really important to me was finding my family. Um, I remember talking to Julie uh, on stage in between commercial breaks. And I was just in shock because I just, been called a misogynist and a racist on national television, um, in front of 7 million people. And that was a very, uh, swift kick in the teeth. I needed the humbling. Um, I really did. I needed to walk out of there, um, and not be loved by America because if I did, I would have gone straight to my ego and, and, and I would I would have ended up killing myself with the, 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 the money and the drugs and the thing that I was already doing before the show just would have carried out over. And like, I needed the humbling. But there were some things that were, I guess, said and addressed to me that were inaccurate, um, uh, and some very strong words, ac- accusational words, uh, especially racist, um, being used that I was at that point, like, you know, there ain't no dollar sign in this world that's worth what I'm facing right now. Right. Like I, I was like, Julie, you all can keep the money. I never forget that. I I was like, I remember to Jeff's interview before the season. Would you rather be loved? Would you rather win and be hated, or lose and be loved? Right. And I think I said win and be hated. Very naively, very ignorantly, very twenty-three-year-old fucking angry chip on my shoulder. Screw everybody. Kind of just mentality. Um. And looking back on that now, I really wish I would have thought harder about that question. Mm-hmm. Um, because we really only have one go around in this world. I'm like, I left a lot of people with a taste in my mouth. That was like the worst hundred days of my life, but that's on me and I have no one to blame for it. You know, like I made my bed. I got to lay in it, but at that moment I realized I was like, yo, I had a shot to leave an impression on the people that viewed me, not that people's opinions matter. But your word is your bond. Your word is all you have. Your name is all you have. And your name lasts. And your name carries with you and impacts those around you that share it. And I didn't leave a good taste in a lot of people's mouth with mine. And that was the hardest thing as well. Uh, because at 23, now 24, walking out of the show, I remember going on there trying to save a relationship with my mom and I, trying to save my life. Then thinking, man, I just made it a thousand times worse and I just ruined it even more because now I'm alive and I have to deal with an even worse hell than I was already in. You know, and so that was where it really took me like getting out of the house, still conflicted with the ego, still conflicted with demons. Still, they gave me a check, my Adderall, and my Xanax. All right.
0: So that's what we were going to get into. Maybe life after Big Brother, maybe the first six months after that because when i saw you like that i was like damn he really like might be messed up in the head with his own self i got i was like "No,
2: it it stuck so
0: what was life like after uh big brother and then we want to obviously talk about like the positive impact that you've not only had on yourself but thousands of other people now
2: um so for me after big brother it was very much still my biggest saying was like I, i grew up and i was always hiding behind a mask with who I really was but I was always fucking different I was just different I've always just been different but I've never been okay with that I've never been okay with being the only white kid growing up in Antioch I've never been okay with being somewhere with less money going to a private school I've never been okay with being that different kid I've never been okay with being fat and overweight around a bunch of fit and attractive people like I've never been okay with that I've always succumbed. My my need for acceptance of my insecurities I've always won. So like that show is no different because I didn't start to learn the lessons that Big Brother had was teaching me until about a year and a half after. It took me some time because I was still that fucked up 23-year-old kid that I walked in in the house. Now I just got a whole lot more followers, a whole lot more money, and a whole lot less of an addiction to Xanax. Mm -hmm. But I still now have my... Fucking Xanax. They gave them to me. <laughs> and my Adderall. They gave them to me. And now I'm a lot more money. They gave it to me. Right. And no idea what the fuck I'm doing with my life or didn't go to business college. Yet. And I'm in a horribly toxic relationship. And like I was also a toxic contributing factor to that. Mm-hmm. Not the only part, but I definitely wasn't perfect. And so it was very much cyclical. I never got addicted to Xanax again. But I did have them. And over the course of those next few months, probably, I can't remember until I took my very last one. But I had a couple dozen panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Um, it took me a while to get off my Adderall. I was then starting to slip back into that. This is where I always say LA is a city of either find yourself or lose yourself. And this is where I'm very thankful for God and, and honestly for COVID because it stopped me from mm-hmm. losing myself. But I'm thankful because it showed me what happens when you do, you know? Right. And so what happened was I get out of that show and LA, the city of angels, man, not many in it sometimes, um, start partying a lot, just like I was in Nashville. Lambie said it, And guess what blow gets delivered to you now in LA and like, now I'm even worse than I fucking was in that sense. And I'm starting to deal with more demons because now I have less friends. I have more fake people. I have more fake shit coming into my life. I don't even know my people from Nashville anymore. I got people bailing on me left and right. I have people flocking to me left and right. And I got no idea how to sort it out. I'm just trying to survive day by day. Mm-hmm. So eventually where I was so unhappy and I was so toxic, I was in the kitchen of my apartment that I was living with. I had Sahara at the time, thank God. We had, that was when I had really started making changes in my life, probably starting pre, it was pre COVID. That was when like the big changes started happening to the point where in June, I had broke my lease, broke my relationship. I ended all my shit and just had it. That was like a biggest kickstart. And then was hanging out with some other people still kind of doing some of the same shit, but then a good friend of mine, um JJ, he like brought me in and kind of like really helped me sort some things out. And it has been the past year of like more growth and healing and soul searching on a, on a daily basis than I could ever imagine. And what I've done was, and, and JJ kind of told me this. He's like, man, I got to protect you from you because what happened was when I broke up with my, broke up with Holly, I broke up with that. I broke out of that relationship to get into somewhere healthy. What did I do? I signed a freaking lease in Vegas. It's all that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's all that. <laughs> hey,
2: what? I'm sorry, I got eleven what? One, <laughs> what? I'm trying to be better, and I, I get a freaking house in Vegas with Jack Matthews and Brett Robinson. <laughs> I love Brett, but like. At that time, I was like, Ooh, uh, I thought that was going to be the healthy decision. And Brad's my boy, man. He and I, like, we're, we're still close. And like, but living in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. He was looking at Liam. I, I know I saw, you, that. I
1: saw we, that. We know, we knew that happened. We just didn't know. We didn't know what was your, your thing. <laughs> so,
2: well, here's the thing was that, like, I, I just, I was, I I'll never forget Seth Rossi saying, that, uh, I have it saved. So many things say from all these different different highs and lows in my life, peaks and troughs, a lot of troughs. But like uh, just these different low points. And Seth Rose, he said, "Yo, if you are unhappy in life, or if you are unhappy with anything in your life, you have to find what is making you unhappy and fucking remove it." Mm-hmm. You know, never, he's in a car, he's driving his truck, and there's a camera, he's filming him. It's so a machiavelli clip. We'll send it to you after this. And yeah. and it's as he goes, "There's not a knight in shining armor, on a white horse is going to come in and do it for you. You have to do it." And so I had no idea where my next apartment was going to be, where I was going to live, who I was going to live with, what I was going to do for work, what I was doing. I just knew that I was a lot of things, but most importantly, I was unhealthy. I was unhappy and I was unholy. And I broke up with her, signed a lease in, in Vegas, but God blessed me with meeting someone named JJ, who was like, yo, Vegas ain't this. right.
3: And
2: I don't know what he saw in me or what he saw potential for, but he, he took me under his wing and like, single-handedly protected me for me Mm -hmm. and like also well served me up some a hard plate of reality and some hard shit like when i need to get checked i know i call him Mm -hmm. he told me like when i need to hear it yo he will give it to me And like when i need to hear it he won't hold back he's real and that's what i need and that's what i've needed and that and and, like it was four months with him and that was like at that was off that that was in orange county i didn't i wasn't in vegas i wasn't in la I was, I literally, no cell signal on the beach in this, this neighborhood, like just, just, that was, it was almost like four months of like, of like an oasis, kind of like rehab center almost, like therapy. And you know, I've always gone to therapy, I'd gone to therapy in the past and still going to therapy. Uh, but it was like a different kind of therapy. And then I, uh, I moved from there, uh, to the mountains and that was back in, uh, October. Um, and have been there ever since. Uh, move different places in the mountains but all in the same mountain range um, just outside of LA and essentially it's all been just getting off the grid and really working on me and like every single day I've been waking up going to bed looking at the man in the mirror really trying to dig down deep as who I am but over the past year I've sorted through more more things that I could have ever imagined and grown more in the past year. And it all started when I left Nashville. It all started when I left Nashville. Like this whole journey started three years ago. Mm-hmm. It all started four years ago when I could go to law school. I just didn't know it yet. You know what I mean? It was all these things that really, like God was putting my life to get me to a place where I'm at now where I'm completely prescription free. Right. I like caffeine in the mornings and I'm in the cannabis. That's my thing. That's it. And I like to run outside in the nature with my dog. I love to train people. I love to work out when I could. I can't right now anymore because of my shoulder. But like, I found the things that make me happy. I found my purpose for being in life. I found my drive, my why. And it's not moving blow. It's not Molly. It's not Xanax. It's not partying. It's not going out slinging my dick. It's not going out trying to be something I'm not. It's going going out trying to be Mister Big Bad Two Shoes fucking. Who thinks what? No, it's just being me finally and being okay with that and finally finding that peace and comfort in myself. It's been a journey and a struggle, but finally getting there has been the most relieving thing. And it's also made a lot of folks uncomfortable, a lot of folks uncomfortable from my past, a lot of folks back home, a lot of folks from college, man, the amount of calls that I've gotten from folks over the past, like back in like November when I kind of kicked the door in on Instagram, I was like, yo, I'm done. Like I'm done doing influencer shit. I'm done doing this. I'm done doing that. Man, the amount of people that were like, "Yo, you're losing your mind. You need to go. You're oh, doing this. You're doing that." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand. You don't see it. You don't see me. But also, y'all don't know me because yeah. for 23 years I've shown a fake me. You know what I mean? The guys in college didn't know me. They didn't know the real me. My people growing growing up, didn't know the real me. You know what I'm saying? I've hid behind something. That was the thing that, like, waiting at that restaurant was every table. I was someone different. Oh, you're a rich CEO. Okay, yes, sir. I, I was a different character for every single table. Whatever you needed, and that's how I live my life—just hiding behind a mask to be accepted by anyone I came in contact with.
1: All right. So, you know what, what I mean when are, I really—what what are, you, are your career goals now? Um, I mean, in terms of work, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis?
2: Yeah. So, I actually, that's a great question, and I'm very excited to share some things but I can't get everyone that's listening to sign the NDA on this iPad that I have, but, um, I filed my <laughs> LLC. Um, I filed my LLC and I'm also working on my 501 C3. Um, and what I'm, I'm going to layman's terms because be like, again, I can't disclose too much. Right. Um, but I want to help people, especially those under the age of 21, um, uh, find health, Happiness and holiness through faith and fitness, um, and the church and the things that have saved my life, um, having fun while doing it, um, and really, really influencing people and in a positive influence to find their why to find their happiness and health again. Um, and their holiness and getting back their mind, body and soul because I didn't communicate those three together. You know what I mean? I numbed myself for a long time and hid from things for a long time that it took a lot of a lot of scary hours but finally worked through to the point where it's like i know i've made it out of some pits and if i can some other people can too right and um, i want to help some folks while i can <laughs> because i don't ever want anyone to feel like they don't have someone in their corner um so yeah my, my what my company is going to be able to do is, is to help people find health again and find happiness again and find holiness again but through the things that I love through fitness, nutrition. So, well,
0: I, yeah, I think you're doing a great thing, Jackson. And, and whatever you think about people back home thinking about you or whatever else, and you find yourself, I think everybody just goes through
2: it, dude. And yeah. We just, We're in our twenties, bro. Yeah.
0: yeah we, I'll we, we see it from you, especially me just following you. And I, I really respect like what you've been doing and turning yourself around and it, it motivates me and motivates other people that may know you to do the same exactly. thing. Um, Okay, cool. We got Jackson Mickey hanging out with us, dude. He's a fucking winner of season uh big brother, season twenty one.
2: Yeah.
0: Um uh, Jackson, we're gonna just shoot the shit with you, dude. Kinda uh give Absolutely, your fan, Yeah, give your fans and those who are new to you just a chance to learn more about you and your personality. These are just quick rapid fire questions, whatever Let's comes hit. to mind first. Let's do it. Fire away. Here we go. Favorite food in the fridge. What
3: you got?
2: Yo, um, it's uh well, it's definitely watermelon first, but honestly, Mahi Mahi. I've been on a Mahi kick and carrots, cold carrots and peanut butter. Like, yo, I don't know why. Oh, it's a, it's a combo, right dude.
0: It's a combo. Okay. Um, it's, I don't okay. know. I've
2: got, it's three random flavors, but they say you're craving for something about your, your shockers. I don't know. Something like that.
0: Best party you've been to. We got to ask you,
2: Jay. Best party. Okay. Um, the Ignite Valentine's party was just insane.
0: You, you chilling with Dan Bozerian,
2: dude? No, no, no. Actually, actually not. That was, that was like a year and a half, two years ago, but that, that whole, That thing was – I just remember I was was like, what? This isn't reality. Yeah.
0: That was when I say,
2: like, LA, find yourself, lose yourself. (laughs) I was starting to do the latter.
0: So that's what's going on out there. Okay. Uh, Most famous person that slid into the DMs? Oh, man.
1: We know there's some out there. Yeah, there's some juicy stuff. Come
2: on now. (laughs) Man, you know what? I got to – oh, my DMs. I can't. I can't. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I can because it was Morgan from uh, Cheer. Uh, Netflix is here. Yeah, we, she and I no longer, uh, talk to each other. She's in a, a new relationship and happy, but, uh, that was the only public one that I'll be willing to disclose in terms of, of the vice,
0: vice versa. Who are you shooting your shot with? Someone crazy huge that you just said, fuck it. The blue check mark might work.
2: Joe, I, uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm not if I, I were it. to shoot my shot. If I were to shoot my shot, it, I mean, Jennifer Aniston has always been. Jennifer Aniston, I can't. I just Jennifer Aniston. But honestly, I'm in a relationship with me. I, I haven't the female track like that hasn't crossed my mind in a while. In a while, no. I'm on the mountains, man. I'm like hanging out. There. I got no cell signal okay, for a we, we, reason. So I can't be in the DMs.
0: Okay, we were talking about it. I'd go crazy with that blue check mark. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what song do you no, secretly, um, What song do you secretly listen to, Jackson?
2: Oh, um, Ocean Eyes is like one of my Favorite man, I put that on like just oh, yeah eyes. constantly yeah the, the astronaut remix yeah okay. um, ocean eyes astronaut remix yeah that's like that's a repeat of mine
0: okay cool I'll have to check it out um okay we Jackson we're we're on a, a basketball channel but we also talk about girl problems you got any good dating advice for the boys
2: yo toxic masculinity it ain't it and like yo you gotta you gotta get more in touch with your emotions Um and you've got to be. That's the thing is like, I didn't communicate honestly with my heart and, and I, there's a, you don't need to, you can be a good guy. It's not a simp or a fuck boy. You can just be a good guy, be in tune yeah. with your emotions. It doesn't make you a simp. It doesn't make you less of a man. It makes you more of a man to be able to process and communicate healthily with your emotions and with yourself, because what you're going to do is you're going to be a hell of a lot better of a person outwardly with her. If you can work through your problems better, you're going to work through y'all's problems better and her problems better, and y'all are going to be better together. You got to start communicating with yourself and quit burying your shit because all it's going to do is spew out of you in ways you don't like. But it will come out one way or another.
0: Liam, he's saying, y'all, I can't even get a second date. Um,
2: (laughs) stop that man. This dude's a model down here. I don't even
0: know what he's talking about. Come on, bro. I, we we talk about the dude, I, I don't know, dude. Girls in Nashville, like they're cool and all, but like it's weird. Like the second time hanging out, it's just like. I don't know. It doesn't happen, so I'm just like, damn, well, dude. I think
2: so that that you know. And I've been it's, the it's...
0: nice guy. I'm the nice guy. You've I'm been not the, nice the guy. bar. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know why? though? That's up, just on
2: them. It's because you're you're years ahead the of them, man. They're still chasing. The, they want the fuck boys.
3: All
0: right, that's Yo, what i do. Don't
1: saying, get
2: dude. into it though. Don't get I'm, into it though. That's you, what you we were attract. what you bring about. in. You attract what you bring in. There's a good one around the corner. You just gotta hang on. That's okay. what I keep telling
1: them. I keep telling them. Yo, hey, just
2: don't, don't shift your going. gears, bro. Don't shift down. Don't shift down. down a gear into fuckboy lane. Stay true. Stay. Keep doing your thing. Stay. Keep. Someone will catch up. Someone okay. will catch up in your lane. Don't tip down though.
0: Okay, because I was telling Liam, I was like, I get a hot girl summer, dude. I've been getting this. <laughs> I might turn summer. into fuckboy summer,
2: dude. I don't want to no, be the fuckboy, man. but listen, Yeah, no, you keep you keep working on you getting your getting your craft up, getting your money up, getting your, your self love up, man. You do your thing, and then somebody else will fall right into place.
0: All right, hear that future girlfriend come get me. All right,
2: yeah. (laughs) So now what's gonna happen is there are people around, yo, hey, what's your ring size? That's what that's you're gonna (laughs) start getting DMs. Like, they're gonna have you're gonna get proposed to now.
0: Oh, shoot, man. Okay, listen, how many watermelons do you think you could eat in under five minutes,
2: (laughs) dude? I could crush an easy two, an easy Easy. two melons. If I could cut and cube first, an easy two, easy.
0: All right, get it, get them in the water. Like we I were talking could... about it, dude. We were like, why watermelons and lamb goes? You know what? Fucking delicious. And I was like, yeah, they you know are pretty
2: good. You know, what's been my thing there recently fruit wise? I know you kind of mentioned this. This is what I should have said. This is what I should have said in my answer. But if I've had more time to think mango, 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 mango is fire. Yeah, 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 I have. OK, but here's the thing is that I've got to go pre-cut because you have to be able to inspect the mango first because there's nothing. There's a very drastic scale in America in the States for for good mango. You either get really good mango or really bad mango. I've noticed and that, like, yeah. You've got to get the pre-cuts you can see first because like, you're either going to get something that's like a, a bland hockey puck, like you're literally crunching on it, or it's going to be the most like delicious. Uh, My good mango is...
1: Jackson can't pick out a good mango, so he got to get it. He pre-cut. can't pick out a good mango. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I Fucking No, edge. I just don't feel
2: like cutting it. I don't know. I just, yeah. I just you, have bad luck with mangoes.
0: Jackson, I don't know if you're a Pisces or not. I am, but I get.
2: I'm a Gemini, and I don't really know what all that means. But I get a bad look when I say that. So.
0: Okay, dude, I like Geminis. Would you take fifty million dollars and never fall in love again, or find the love of your life tomorrow and live happily ever after?
2: I take. I take the love, honestly. Yeah.
0: I'm Yeah, yeah honestly, out. I'm. I'm yeah, good. On money, man. Yeah, Liam's. Liam's with you on that one.
2: It's I'm good. Honestly, like
1: fifty mil. I'll be <laughs> honest, man. Like,
2: I, I my, my, my. my Eyes and my, my, the lenses I'm seeing through now, like, I care more about the paycheck that isn't a dollar sign. Okay. You know what I mean? Those are the ones that we get to take with us. You know, those, those are lasting memories, those good relationships, like those bonds. Those are the things that, like, a USD or a Bitcoin can't buy us. And, like, all this shit, like, we we ain't taking with So, like, 50 million and the 500,000, all that shit that I used to want in the past, man. I'm good. I'll take the okay. lot.
0: All right. We got a couple more for you, Mick. If, uh, if you had the world's attention for thirty seconds, what would you say? Man, God's
2: coming. Okay. Seriously, okay. and we need to start living for faith. Um, for far too long, we live with egos and drive with with something that's like that that isn't healthy. And like we got to realize there's there's a lot of humans in this world that we're all people. We need to look around and be more connected with each other because we're all going to the same place one day. Um, and we're all like we're all we're all really here to serve each other and to serve God and to work with each other. Regardless of our sexual orientation, our genders, our race, our age, doesn't matter. We're all just children of God, just working together through one thing, trying to get through life.
0: We need more Jacks and Mickeys in the world. All right. We got yeah, two more for be you. Better. We got two more for you, Mickey. These are basketball questions. LeBron Ooh, or MJ? I don't,
2: I don't. Oh, okay. 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 I think it's <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears> yeah. LeBron or MJ?
2: MJ. MJ. <laughs> okay. Cool.
0: Did you oh. watch the documentary?
2: I haven't yet. It's, oh, oh that's it. what I wanted, that's what I wanted to watch. I, <laughs> I have had it queued and I just recently moved not too long ago, a couple months ago, and it <laughs> all my Netflix shit got lost. I have not seen that Jordan documentary. I, I love it though. You're still saying MJ though.
0: I love it, dude. Because we we thought LeBron for a second, but after that doc it was like, nah, dude, it's MJ for sure. Like hands really? down.
2: Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. See, my thing is like I just I don't know. I just remember watching him like and, and and like watching his old tapes growing up and like and then seeing LeBron coming up. It just felt I don't know. I just like the old school more than the new age kind of like. Yeah. I yeah. I also, too. I rocked with Kobe hard, man. I was a Kobe fan growing up my whole life. Yeah. R.I.P. He's, R.I.P. He's, he's a
0: legend. <laughs> All right. We got last one for you, Mick. Best NBA show out there, NBA The Jump, inside the NBA, or our show, Man to Man? I was about to say, I was like, yo, Man to Man. Yo, yeah. everybody
2: needs some <laughs> basketball stuff. <laughs> you got to get a jacket. And the best two hosts in the game. That's the most important part. So
0: let's go. You've been a great guest for us, Mickey. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for hanging out and taking time. We know you're on a busy regiment there for those wanting to keep up
2: with you. Where yet? You Yo, um, so my Instagram is Jackson underscore Mickey. Uh, my YouTube is Jackson Mickey. Uh, it's M I C H I E. Uh, my Snapchat, this is the one that I'm most frequently on. This is where you can see like my day to day stuff is Jackson dot Mickey, M I C H I E. Uh, but I'm getting my YouTube up and going again and my Instagram is getting some, uh, good content. So check those out. Uh, and there's more things today, uh, more things to come. So, so stay tuned.
0: We recognize the hoodie think, and it, it, we, I think we might do it, dude, but more than Linktree. I think that just looks like a better. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: my boys, uh, Brett, that's Brett Robinson's, uh, that's his little thing, Hoobie. Um, I'll, uh, I'll actually start a group text after this and uh, I'll put you on touch cause Hoobie's, uh, Hoobie's awesome and I've used Linktree. Uh, I'm going to go the hoobie route. Yeah, we liked it. It looks better. Okay, cool. It's a very Mickey. much better setup.
0: Mickey, we love you, dude. Namaste. Thank you for hanging out with us. And you. uh we'll talk to you here soon, dude. Come back home Absolutely, whenever you
2: man. want, man. Yeah, my parents are back, so I'll be home soon. I'll see y'all later. Appreciate yeah, y'all. Thank you great for great having for you, me. Y'all are awesome. Likewise, man.
0: Jackson Mickey, what a good dude, fellow volunteer, Nashville native. He's kicking it now, Liam. We're just glad to hear a guy like that who's, you know, in our age range and kind of figuring themselves out. Everybody goes through it, man. But good for him. You always love to see it. Uh, we'll hopefully talk to Jackson again soon, dude. Maybe We're gonna we can go have kick to go out.
1: out there. We gotta have to go out to Cali, man. He
0: offered it after. Off air, he said, "If you guys want to come kick it, we'll come." Jackson, we'll come kick it, dude. Don't worry about that part.
1: But with that, guys, this week's episode is a wrap. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Again, check us out on all social media at Man to Man Podcast. I'm a namaste. I'm out of here. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste. Sheesh. Only in the night. It ain't
3: about nothing. I'm straight hustling.